You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code GATORS to double your first deposit. Only at mybookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit sharkfloorcoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you a few days before Florida travels to College Station. Take on Texas A&M Aggies. The 3-5 and five Texas A&M Aggies versus the 4-4 four and four Florida Gators, this game looks a whole lot different than many of us thought before the season started. Uh, Florida may be where some of you thought they'd be heading into this last month of the season, but not many people had Texas A&M 3-5 by the time Florida travels to Texas to take on the Aggies. So two teams probably in a little bit of desperation mode, two teams looking for a win. Both teams need it right now. Uh, just so many storylines, but of course, with Texas A&M, it was just well, they were number six coming into the into the season, uh, and they have just completely fallen apart after getting that number one recruiting class. All the headlines uh, that surround that, with the NIL and the back and forth with Nick Saban and Alabama, uh, playing Alabama very tough this season. Uh, but right now, Texas A&M sitting at three and five as the Gators come into town. So here we go. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Really, really helps us out. Those likes mean a whole lot. And other Gator fans out there on YouTube finding Gators Breakdown, leave a comment. A lot of comments uh, lately (laughs) with all the uh, storylines surrounding Gator football uh, right now. So your support out there on YouTube really, really helps Gators Breakdown grow. And also you can find us at Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. Conversation keeps going on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord server, whether it be football, pure football, football recruiting, 
uh, X's and O's and another channel there. Just uh, I mean, Seth Barnador and, and, and Bud Davis, JP Gator. Shout out to those guys for uh, if you want some pure pure football talk. There's a channel in there just for that too. I uh, really really enjoy that section of it. Um, you know, during during the season when we can really really dive in. Uh, to a lot of X's and O's there. So Seth's been on the podcast before, of course, and uh, he drops in every now and then and gives his thoughts uh, on what he sees for the Gators. Check out his YouTube channel too, Seth Varnador Films. Really, really good uh, film review. Uh, looking back at the Georgia game just a few days ago and some changes, some differences, and some plays left out on the field there for the Gators. But all that conversation can be had on Gators Breakdown Plus. As I said, link is in the description. So, all right, let's get to it. Texas A&M and the Gators. And let's take a look at uh, Texas A&M results so far this season. As I mentioned, three and five opened up the season with a win over Sam Houston, 31 to nothing. And then the big shocker, one of the first big shockers of the college football season, Appalachian State goes into College Station, upsets Texas A&M, 17-14. Don't forget that one. Then the very next week, Texas A&M bounces back. Miami goes to College Station, loses 17-9. Texas A&M with a big win there. Have to kind of get back on track after that loss to Appalachian State. And then they get the win versus Arkansas, 23-21. And, okay, maybe they're turning some things around. They're sitting at 3-1 at that point. And then, as you can see right here on the YouTube version, losers of four straight after beating Arkansas. Arkansas of number 10 at the time. They lose to Mississippi State, 42-24. to Thus, Texas A&M. Then, as I said, hung tough with Alabama. Alabama beats Texas A&M 24-20. And then the game versus South Carolina a week later, they weren't able to kind of Used the Bama game as a springboard. That performance there completely implode early in that game versus South Carolina. South Carolina opened up that game with a kickoff return for a touchdown. Turnovers galore uh, right there uh, in Columbia uh, for Texas A&M. South Carolina runs all over them in the second half. And the Gamecocks get the 30-24 win. Texas A&M falls to 3-4. and four. And then last week, going against a Ole Miss team, of course, that uh, – um, has got it somewhat rolling under Lane Kiffin uh, after you know they did lose the LSU last week for their first loss, but still a really good team. Uh, Texas A&M hangs tough there, 31-28. So three and five on the season. There's your look. Losers of four straight to Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and another loss to Appalachian State in the second game of the season. Their only wins. Sam Houston, 31-0, Miami, 17-9, and Arkansas, 23-21. So let's take a look at how these two teams compare after that right there. Taking you through their season. Total offense for both teams. Gators, much better on total offense than Texas A&M. Gators 46th in the country at 422.8 yards a game. That's good for 7th in the SEC. Texas A&M, 95th in the country, 11th in the SEC at 359.5 yards per game. Scoring offense, Gators 30 points a game. That's good for 64th in the country, 9th in the SEC. Texas A&M, 104th in the country, 
dead last in the SEC at 22.6 points per game. Rushing offense, this is the this is the big difference right here. Gators, of course, 26 in the country, 6 in the SEC at 199 yards a game. Texas A&M rushing for 123.6 yards a game. That ranks 101st in the country, 12th in the SEC. They have a weapon there, as you'll hear later on in the episode. Makes you just wonder why they can't get that run game going. Passing offense, teams kind of um, not, not too much separation there. Uh, just kind of the weird, weird gap there uh, when you look at it. Uh, Texas A&M 72nd in the country, the Gators 86, but Texas A&M up at 329, basically 330 yards a game. Florida at 223. That's good for 86 in the country. But Texas A&M's 329 is good for 72nd in the country. So kind of kind of that, that disparity um, doesn't mean a whole lot there. Texas A&M, they're 8th in the SEC in passing offense. The Gators are 11th. Uh, and passing efficiency, both teams pretty equal there. Texas A&M, 127.99. Gators, 128.85. Texas A&M, that's 97th for them in the country. The Gators, 93rd in the country. Uh, Touchdown-interception ratio, not good for the Gators, but uh, eight, and, eight, eight touchdowns at seven interceptions. I think that's finally on the plus side uh, of that. It was either negative or neutral going into last week's game versus Georgia. Um, there for the Gators, but Texas A&M tied for 67th there. Uh, 13 touchdowns, six interceptions. And then the big difference uh, right here, Florida, of course, when you compare the offenses, uh, has the uh, advantage, but you go to the other side of the ball, Texas A&M, the advantage on defense. So, you know, Texas A&M, better defense going against the better offense in Florida. And then, of course, the, it goes the opposite way uh, for Texas A&M's bad offense versus a bad Gator defense. Uh, so we'll you know we'll see we'll see it's strength on strength here uh, in this game and and, and bad on bad. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll take a look at this total defense here for uh, uh, or you know Texas A&M defense pretty good going against a bad offense. Um, in some ways for the Gators, so it's going through the air when you want to compare it, their passing defense Texas A&M seventh in the country. And pass defense, first in the SEC. Total defense for Texas A&M, 66th in the country, giving up 375 yards a game. For the Gators, 117th in the country, giving up 445 yards a game. Scoring defense, Texas A&M tied for 26th in the country, giving up 21 points a game. The Gators giving up basically 30 points a game. It's good for 94th. Uh, when you got to start looking for rushing defense, the Gators 116th in the country. Texas A&M 120th. Both teams cannot stop the run. Gators can run the ball. A bit better than Texas A&M when you look at it that way. Gators 116th in the country in rush defense at 191.8 yards per game. Texas A&M 120th in the country. Four spots below Florida, believe it or not. 13th in the SEC, almost dead last. Gators are 12th. Texas A&M, 13th. Texas A&M's giving up 205 yards a game on the ground, and the Gators are gaining about 200 yards. So, you know, the Gators get around 200 yards. That's what the stats say. <laughs> but we know it's not that easy. Uh, turnover margin there, Gators uh, 20th in the country. Um, you know, as I, you know, this defense, for all the faults for this defense, has been able to uh, create some turnovers. 
Uh, Texas A&M, they're right at zero in turnover margin. That's good for 74th in the country. Takeaways for the Gators, tied for 27th in the country with 14. Texas A&M has 11 takeaways on the season. Gators with six interceptions. Texas A&M with two. Uh, sacks allowed. Uh, Gators got sacked three times last week uh, versus Georgia, but that's only eighth sack of the season. Tied for 14th in the country, third in the SEC. Texas A&M giving up 17 sacks so far this year. It's tied for 73rd in the country. Opponent red zone percentage. Texas A&M, fifth in the country, 65.5%. Good for second in the SEC. Gators defense started off the season better in red zone, not so much lately. Uh, and then let's go to the bottom here for your following along on YouTube. Sacks per game, neither team there are exactly tied in the country. Tied for 97th with 13 sacks per game. Texas A&M a little better here. Tackles for loss. Tied for 66th in the country. 47 tackles for loss on the season. Florida 5 behind with 42 on the season. So there's your look at the statistical rankings between the two teams, how they compare. Gators with the better offense, A&M with the better defense. Gators offense carried by the run game. Texas A&M's defense carried by a passing defense. Pretty much the summary right there. All right, so let me get rid of that graphic here. All right, take a look at this game a little bit. But before we do, my book has got some new things out there. And you know your sports. You pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime and anywhere. Bet on the NFL, NCAA, or swing for the fences with the brand new money bag. The MyBookie money bag is a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spend for crazy odds on props and futures. Just place your bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up for free today, use promo code GATERS, and claim a deposit match of any amount up to 1000 bucks. Again, that is promo code GATERS to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself the competitive edge. It's not just a sports book, it's a community. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere at my bookie. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, Contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. All right, let's take a look at last week for Texas A&M. Last time out versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss struck first in that game. Uh, Aggies answered with a pair of touchdowns to take the lead in that game, 14-7. to uh, And it could not hold that momentum. 
Ole Miss took advantage, adding three second-half touchdowns to regain their lead for the third straight game. Outcome was determined in the final minute. Texas A&M unable to convert on its final drive. A lot of similarities, you know, there uh, for them in Florida. Just, you know, most games are staying in them. Um, but, you know, Connor Wigman gets his first start through for 338 yards, four touchdowns. And that game, of course, for Texas A&M. That was kind of the highlight uh, there. See, 28 points is the highest versus an SEC opponent this season for the Aggies. And the second highest point total of the season, only behind their 31 versus Sam Houston. So 28 points, the highest versus the SEC. The only game they scored higher was 31 points versus Sam Houston. Of course, that is out of conference. And that was their season opener. And then as for the defense, the Aggies gave up 390 yards on the ground to Ole Miss. So, of course, uh, you're looking at this game for Florida. This game is bad offense for the Aggies versus a bad defense for the Gators. And then, on the other side, it's bad offense, bad defense. How's it going to shake out? <laughs> how's it, how's it going to shake out? Bad offense for the Aggies. Bad defense for the Gators. Okay offense for the Gators with that run game. Okay defense for a Texas A&M based on their passing defense, but give up so many yards on the ground somewhere Florida excels. We'll get into that, but of course Texas A&M joined the SEC in 2012. Florida gets that win that year. It's kind of a quick history here. Then Florida, of course, drops the next two games versus Texas A&M. 2017 at home in those ugly, ugly alligator green uniforms. And then 2020, of course, giving Florida their first loss that season uh, on the road in the COVID season. Um, those combined games in 2017, 2020, combined five-point loss for Florida to Texas A&M. Florida's win was 20-17, to the three-point win in 12. So close, close series. You know, all three meetings since 2012 were decided by three or fewer points. Just competitive every time these teams play each other. 41 to 38 was the uh, final in 2020. Uh, the game in the swamp in 2017 was a 1917 Texas A&M victory. This is, remember now, this is Florida's first true road game since traveling to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Last week, of course, was a neutral site in Jacksonville. But Florida's schedule, of course, everybody knows, was set up with so many home games in the first half of the season. And before we get to players and matchups and stuff, of course, Jimbo Fisher cannot overlook Kim. Everything that's, uh, you know, all the headlines. <laughs> and this, uh, these past few weeks, this past offseason, of course, um, it's, it's out there. There's a lot of heat on him. That big money Texas A&M's paying him. But, of course, he's probably got to think of this game as a get-right game for him. Eight and one record all time versus Florida is Jimbo Fisher. Seven and one during his time as head coach at Florida State. And then the 41 38 victory over Florida in 2020. So Jimbo Fisher, a lot of success versus Florida. 
All right, let's get to some players here for Texas A&M. Of course, the uh, the, the, the big storyline for them, freshman Connor Wegman, uh, he's taking over the top spot at quarterback. His first start was last week. One more time, 338 yards. He was 28 of 44 passing, four touchdowns. His passing yard total was the highest among true freshmen in Texas A&M history. That was Texas A&M's first 300-yard passing game since Kellen Mond did so versus Florida in 2020. It had been that long since Texas A&M had had a 300-yard passer. <laughs> the last game versus Florida. Now, of course, that stat had been out there floating for a couple of weeks, and everybody was like, well, the first one's probably going to be against Florida in a couple of weeks. Well, actually, that came last week, so maybe, maybe. That means something where uh, now there's some, there's some tape on Wegman. And maybe that helps Florida uh, just a bit. But their first 300-yard passing game since 2020 came last week versus Ole Miss. Uh, so something to look out for, of course, a big fast start for the quarterback. He did come in for an injured uh, Haynes King versus South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he had Texas A&M near midfield for uh, one last shot at the end zone uh, in that 30-24 loss. But he was 8-15 of passing versus the Gamecocks coming in that game. Uh, he was a highly touted player coming out of the state of Texas, uh, the number 22 player on 24-7 sports uh, in the um, in the last year's class, of course, the number two quarterback only behind Kate Klubnick at Clemson. Uh, so now you, you, you look at it, um, you know, there is some film on him. Uh, can, he's a young quarterback, can defensive coordinator Patrick Toney, look, he, I know he's a five-star true freshman, you got to find some ways. Find some ways to take advantage there. Around him, of course, junior running back Devin A. Chain. Uh, great name. Great name. Devin A. Chain. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, Texas A.M. has struggled running the ball uh, this year, but he does rank third in the SEC, averaging 95.6 rushing yards per game, 765 total yards this season. He's the only player five, he is the only power five player to score as a rusher a receiver, and a kickoff returner this season. Running back Devin A. Chain for Texas A&M, the only Power 5 player to score as a rusher, receiver, and kickoff returner this season. He ranks fifth in the country and leads the way in the SEC, averaging 159 all-purpose yards per game. His 1,272 total yards this season rank him third nationally. So Devin A. Chain is the consistent name to look for for Texas A&M. He is their best overall playmaker. Uh, for the second time this season, junior running back Devin A. Chain and sophomore wide receiver Moose Muhammad, the third, eclipsed the century mark in the same game. A. Chain tallied 138 yards on the ground versus Ole Miss last week for his third 100-yard game of the season, uh, while Muhammad added 122 yards through the air including his third touchdown catch in the last four games last week versus Ole Miss. So A-Chain ranks in the top 25 nationally, third in the SEC in rushing yards per game, as I mentioned, 95.6, total rushing yards, 765, and his seven trips to the end zone this season are good for 10th in the SEC. So A-Chain doesn't do them by himself. And three times this year, he's went over 100 yards rushing while Moose Muhammad Goes over over 100 yards in the air. Uh, H.A. 95-yard kickoff return versus App State. Became the fourth Aggie with multiple kickoff returns 
of 95 or more yards. So two guys to look out for there. But one more, of course, we cannot overlook because if you follow Gator recruiting, big, big target at the wide receiver position, another true freshman, wide receiver Evan Stewart, of course. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ranks fifth overall in the SEC. Leads all league freshmen, averaging 68.3 receiving yards on the season. His 390 receiving yards so far this season also uh, lead all conference freshmen. Now, of course, you look at him, and we knew this looking at his recruiting profile, all the highlights we looked at, the Friday Night Lights as well, when he was in town, all the video coming out there. Of course, Stewart is this type of throw it into the vicinity of the wide receiver and let him go get it. And he's been able to do so a lot this season. And he's one to watch after what we saw last week, uh, of course, all season. And, of course, versus the, the Georgia passing game um, and his ability to run after the catch. Something to keep an eye on right there. Uh, and also, tight end position. Uh, of course, burnt Florida last week versus Georgia, but they're a high number of what we, all, we knew. That was going to be an issue. Utah's tight ends at the beginning of the season were going to be an issue. Uh, but Texas A&M freshman tight end, Don McGreen, He's proven himself to be a reliable target for whoever plays quarterback <laughs> for Texas A&M this season, uh, catching 81% of the passes that come his way. Uh, but last week, four targets, finished 48 yards on the day. So big day last week for the tight end. Let's see if they try and get the tight end involved, given Florida's troubles this year covering the tight end. Uh, if you go back to last week in Texas A&M, it was a lot of RPO uh, with, with Wegman. Um, and that was a lot of, you know, get, get have one read, get the ball out. Um, not much of a run threat versus Ole Miss. We'll see if that changes as he gets more experience. Um, but, of course, helping him get the ball out, Devin A. Chain, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, seven catches in each of his last two games for a combined 98 yards. And one touchdown. Now, one touchdown was last week versus Ole Miss. But A-Chain, the do-it-all, got to watch him on the ground through the year. And, of course, I think uh, another question, how are the Gators going to cover Evan Stewart? We did see more man, press man, outside from the cornerbacks last week. Want to go back through the season and see how much, but there was more, at least more of that. And we talked about that on Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. I even mentioned it on Twitter uh, this week uh, that you did see the outside corners play more press, whether that be Marshall, whether it be Hill. I did see it in the rewatch. Want to compare that to earlier in the season, but how did, what does that mean for Florida? Seeing it last week versus Georgia because we mentioned it last week for the Georgia preview. They didn't have receivers that scared you all that much. Well, Evan Stewart does. So how are the Gators going to cover him? 
He had eight catches for 106 yards versus Alabama. Eight catches, 106 yards versus Bama. Six for 87 versus South Carolina. And then six for 88 last week versus Ole Miss. He's on a tear his last three games. And they've struggled up front on the offensive line. Has Texas A&M, but the, you know, the RPO kind of helps them because it gets the ball out of Wigman's hands. Well, they struggle up the middle, uh, but for Florida, we haven't seen enough from Florida up front to know that they can take advantage of a Texas A&M offensive line that they, they've been shuffling a lot of pieces. They've had some injuries up front. Um, but, you know, for Florida lately, we have not seen the pressure up front. So who, what, um, what, what gives there? Can Florida finally take advantage of, a, of an offensive line that's kind of just been pieced together throughout this season for Texas A&M? So with that, you're playing a young quarterback. You didn't see it a whole lot versus Georgia, but as I said, I want to see what these next four games hold. Do we use somebody like Amari Bernie and blitzes more? Probably has been the best blitzer, uh, at least from the linebacker spot. Best um, use of him getting in the backfield sometimes. Uh, but you got Bernie. Speaking of linebackers, big game for them to make plays against this Aggies run game. I mean, Texas A&M's going to try and run the ball, uh, of course, I, I think, here, given Florida's issues and stopping the run. And I think they've had some success, uh, Texas A&M. Overall, the numbers won't necessarily say it, but A-Chain is a weapon. Speedster, he can make some plays happen with that speed, get away, pull away for some scores. Big game for the linebackers, of course, if the Gator defensive line is not going to get pressure up front. It's a big game for these linebackers to make plays against this Aggies run game and the safeties as well. You know, Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance helping in run defense. That hasn't been pretty at times this year or most most times this year. They say them, I think, is going to run right out far to make them prove they can stop it. And there's not a lot of protection up front. Uh, in front of the linebackers, in front of the safeties, along the defensive line for the Gators. But can the Gators' defense create and continue to create turnovers? You're playing a young quarterback. I think there's some chances to lure lure Wigman uh, into some problem throws against some of the trap coverages we see Florida throw out there. So find a way to confuse a young quarterback. Florida's played a lot of experienced quarterbacks so far this year. A lot. Think about it. Cam Rising to start the season. Will Levis to start the season. Hendon Hooker to start the season. Jaden Daniels at LSU. Stetson Bennett. Florida has played a ton of experienced quarterbacks this year. Not one here. Not one right here. So, does that translate? Does that translate at all? Does it ease things up for this defense? Can they take advantage? I think Jimbo didn't, you know, he's... Rightly so, been criticized for his offense this year. Uh, but did some good things to get the ball out of Wegman's hands with some RPO last week. And for sure, we got to bring up once again, what does Florida's pass rush look like without Brayton Cox? Beginning of the season, it was better than what we saw lately. But still, Florida's best pass rusher. Besides when, when I, as I mentioned, when Amari Bernie blitzes. But Britton Cox was the guy sometimes you could count on to get pressure on the quarterback without the blitz. 
So now Powell, Powell Ryland, Lloyd Summerall, of course, two names to look out for Billy Napier pointed at and taking Cox's place. Can those guys, can they make a name for themselves on the road versus a young quarterback? But it's about time Florida's played (laughs) a young quarterback this season. We'll see what it means. May not mean anything. This defense isn't good. We know that. But there's something worth pointing out. We'll have to go back at some point at the end of this season, maybe, because by the time Florida plays Spencer Rattler and Jordan Travis from FSU, kind of all the combined stars for quarterbacks. And, well, man, I tell you, I mean, Florida's played that. It's kind of the first I'm going through it in my head right here for the first time. I didn't uh, – I was you know, just going through the notes here. That was not one note I already had put down there. It was just something that came in my head going against a true freshman quarterback here. On the other side of it is just how many experienced quarterbacks Florida has played this year. Um, another tell of bad on bad in this game. Third down offense for Texas A&M is just about as bad as Florida's third down defense. <laughs> so, one more thing. Looking at this game, look these are these these two teams are not that good. The record speak for it. Florida four and four. Texas A&M three and five. You're going to see a lot of stats like this. Texas A&M ranks 112th in the country in third down conversion on offense at 31.4 percent. But we all know of Florida struggles on third down defense. So this season, Gators defense is allowing 53.9%. So basically 54%. That's dead last in the country. So Texas A&M, 112th out of 131 teams in third down offense. Gators dead last, 54% in the country. And this is on team rankings, by the way, which only counts FBS versus FBS contest. They don't they get rid of the uh, cupcake games. Uh, the stats I showed earlier were official university stats, so they can include every game. Uh, so, I mean, most of them are, are pretty close. Uh, but I do like team, team rankings uh, when I look at my own stats uh, of their FBS versus FBS contest and get rid of uh, the cupcake games. But Texas a now, 112th in third down offense. The Gators dead last in the country in third down defense. Something's got to give there, too. Now, Florida a little better last week, holding Georgia to 50%. We'll see what it means this week for the Gators. All right, now Texas A&M defense led by one DJ Durkin, left Ole Miss to be the defensive coordinator for Texas A&M. And some couple, a few names to look out for. Junior defensive lineman McKinley Jackson, uh, bringing him up. He went off against Ole Miss last week. Career high, 12 tackles. Doubled his previous high. And recorded his first sack of his career. A&M boasts of secondary that returns five Aggies that have tallied double-digit career starts. And look, you, you go back to the stats earlier I showed, seventh in the country in pass defense. Well... That's where the experience is paying off for Texas A&M. Five Aggies that have tallied double-digit career starts. Damani Richardson, 39 starts. Jalen Jones, 28 starts. Tonio Johnson, 19. Tyreek Chappelle, 15. Combined 101 starts in the Texas A&M secondary. So it should be no surprise that it is by far and away 
their best portion of defense is their pass defense, especially compared to their rush defense. Their rush defense is awful. Florida's going to have to take control, uh, take advantage there. But it definitely means AR is going to have to make some plays and he's with his arm at some point, and he's going to have to do it against a pretty good pass defense and experience secondary. Sophomore safety, Jordan Gilbert, key contributor for the Aggie defense this year, his first year as a starter. Basically the only one there. After making multiple tackles in a game just three times this season, he tallied at least five takedowns in all eight games this season, leading the team with 53 total tackles on the year. So overall for Texas A&M, we mentioned the stats. They've struggled up front. And a lot of the same issues that we have seen for Florida as far as defending the run, the trouble the sh- troubleshedding blocks, undisciplined in assignments, um, and not really consistent creating habit plays, that's the same issues for Texas A&M. McKinley is a bright spot, like we mentioned, though. 17 tackles the last two weeks. With 12 last week, as I mentioned. Impressive performance up him up front. Uh, if you go back and look at the old Miss game, kind of taking a look at the last couple games uh, for, uh, for Texas A&M and their defense. Ole Miss, good job motion, misdirection. They gave the Aggies some trouble last week up front and on the back end. Uh, Florida a little more traditional with the zone and play action, but yeah. if you go back and look at the South Carolina game, they ran all over the Aggies by using play action, a lot of play action like Florida uh, as well. So ran right at them like Florida can do and incorporating play action in the run game or off the run game. Mentioned the secondary there one more time for the Aggies. They don't give up big pass plays. They lead the SEC with just five passes allowed over 30 yards. Defense has had issues in the red zone lately, though, compared to earlier in the year. Something to look out for there, but don't count on big plays in the passing game. Look, Georgia doesn't give them up either, and Anthony Richardson found Xavier Henderson for 70-plus yard touchdown last week. Talked about Florida forcing turnovers with Texas A&M. They forced 10 fumbles on the season, which ties in for 10th in the country. Nine fumble recoveries out of those 10 fumbles. That's 7th in the country. Sorry, there you go. There's your look. Texas A&M offense, the defense. Now... Let's transition to the outlook of the game. To me, which quarterback takes care of the ball? I think both teams would just love to run the ball and try to hit big passes in the passing game while limiting the overall number of passes. Look for big chunk yardage out of these passing plays set up off the run game. I think this could turn out into a quote-unquote, run game shootout. Both defenses cannot stop the run. And I think Texas A&M, overall, their numbers aren't there, but they have a weapon there in A-Chain. Florida, their success running the ball this year is well-documented. But now they go against a string of teams, start with Texas A&M, 
that you should be able to take advantage of. But I could see this being some run game shootout just because of how bad Florida's rush defense is as well. But there's going to be a time where the quarterbacks are going to need to make a play. Now, I think AR has a tougher time of it going against a good Aggies pass defense. But as I mentioned, the Gators are going against a true freshman quarterback. It may not matter. may not matter for this Gator defense. We'll see in the end. But they have done a good job in creating turnovers this year. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's going to be the difference in the game. All these experienced quarterbacks Florida's played is going to pay some dividends. And then being, being able to create turnovers, going against a true freshman quarterback, I think the Gators squeak one out late by creating a late turnover. I think both run, game gets their, both run games get theirs. But I got a 30-24 Gators victory in my orange and blue view. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really torn on it, but you know, I guess the confidence with this Gator team is probably not high. But I wouldn't be high-picking a Texas A&M victory either. I think the run games dominate, but which quarterback can hit the big throw and avoid the big turnover? And I think that's going to be Anthony Richardson. Now, don't get me wrong, and I, and I tweeted this this week as well. His, um, his overall numbers the last couple of games haven't been great. Um, missed some throws, of course, versus Georgia. Uh, a little bit better game versus LSU. Um, but at the same time, he no turnovers, no interceptions the last two games. Now, don't get me wrong, I know coulda, shoulda, woulda, and there was really one really close to the Georgia game uh, there, but he's thrown the ball 62 times, I believe, the last two games and no interceptions. That is better. Um, now, granted, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that makes him a, a good quarterback right now. I'm not at all. But there's, there's one little gleam of growth and improvement. It's at least he's not turning the ball over. Now the next step is the consistency, especially as the schedule gets easier. you got to see better consistency from Anthony Richardson. It's got to start Saturday. Also for both of these teams, I think, and this is you know, no way to measure this. I think after the game, I think we it's an easy saying that the maybe the most desperate team wins. But both both these teams are really desperate. Texas AM three and five and so disappointed in what their outlook was this season. Florida, two straight losses. LSU and Georgia. Sitting at four and four. Florida's got some desperation in them as well. Does that play a factor? Has A&M lost interest with all the expectations they have and all the big names that have been suspended and injured this year? Uh, They took another loss versus Ole Miss. Have they lost interest there? So what is the motivation? Is there desperation from either team right here? There needs to be. I I hope Florida... I hope Florida's taking this game as somewhat desperate. And I hope that pays off. But it, 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 it's hard to project that. It's hard to measure that. But in the end, I still, I'm going to go with Florida, 30-24. You guys know my rule a little bit. If it's close to even, which I think this game is, I'll go with the orange and blue view. But also, I think I, I can I can point out give reasons. Now that's that's also me making. The, I don't know, I don't know Wigman's going to turn the ball over. He may not. 
And it's hard to count on turnovers. I mean, Florida, yeah, their defense has been pretty good at creating turnovers this year. But can you count on that game in and game out? Like, go back to the LSU game. Florida, nope. What was it getting turnovers versus LSU? And if you if you flip LSU and Georgia, get those turnovers versus LSU, well, you got that game. You win that game. But Georgia's so good, you get the three turnovers. It doesn't matter. You turn over Texas A&M this week, you probably should win the game. But that just lets you know how hard it is to gauge and predict. But I think Florida's... And, and it is going out on a limb and predicting a little bit. I do think Florida's ability to create turnovers and going against a true freshman quarterback, I think you get... I, I think there's a chance for some here. It may, it may not be many, but as I said, I'm, I'm going even as specific as I think it's a late game turnover. And the Gators pull it out 30-24. All right, all right, all right. Everybody thinks I uh, wasn't sure when I was going live tonight. Uh, there. But here we go. All the way to College Station, Gators, Aggies. I won't be able to make the road trip, but uh, all my... Good friends, Harmonic Woods. A lot of the big group there. Y'all be looking out for them. That's the big road trip this year, going to Aggieland. So if you need a place to hang out before the game, I know it's noon kickoff, 11 a.m. there, local time. So early, early start. They'll be starting early. So listen for uh, ACDC Thunderstruck. you probably find them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, be on the lookout for there for Harmonic Woods there in, uh, in in College Station if you want a good time to to hang out with some Gators before the game. But all right, that would do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown preview of these Texas A and M Aggies. Hopefully, the Gators come back with a victory ahead of the South Carolina game. Some big games in the SEC this week. A lot more clarity. You got Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama. So this game's at noon. We get to watch those games afterwards. So, all right. But all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.